Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to the Snooze Button Wake Up Weekly Variety Show. I'm your host, Brandon Brand New Stevens. Welcome if you're new, welcome back if you're returning. So as of June 3rd, 2020, uh, there is national unrest over the death of George Floyd, over the murder of George Floyd at the hands of Minneapolis police officers. Four officers have lost their jobs. One officer was charged with murder. Uh, Minutes before recording this, I just found out that the three other officers involved have also been charged with murder. And Officer Derek Chauvin, the gentleman who had his knee on George Floyd's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds while Mr. Floyd begged for help and said, I can't breathe. Uh, That gentleman who had his knee on Mr. Floyd's neck until Mr. Floyd died, his murder charge just got upgraded from third degree manslaughter to second degree manslaughter, which adds an additional 15 years to the potential term that he would be able to receive if found guilty. Peaceful protests across the nation have popped up, many of which have turned violent. There are riots happening currently. There's looting happening. I've done a lot of reflection over the past few days and the following message that I'm about to give, I feel is important uh, for black and white families alike to hear now. If you would like a transcript of the following message, uh, please email me at snoozebuttonwakeup at gmail.com. Over the past few days, I've done quite a bit of soul searching and I'm shocked by the amount of white privilege and subtle racism I found within myself. It's disturbing. It's embarrassing, really. And to be honest, it's quite surprising since I've never considered myself to be racist. Racists were uneducated, hateful people who spouted derogatory slurs and attacked people on Jerry Springer. Racists were people that wore hooded robes, burned crosses, and hung people from trees over differing skin tones. Racists killed Abraham Lincoln and Martin Luther King Jr. That's not me, I've said. I have black friends. People are just people. I don't even see color. Cue the subtle racism. It's embarrassing to admit, but I've really had my head in the sand. It may seem obvious to those oppressed, but as a white male growing up in a predominantly white neighborhood, my white privilege went largely unnoticed by me and allowed an insidious form of subtle, almost imperceptible racism to remain. Sure, each January in my predominantly white school district, we'd do a lesson or two on civil rights while coloring a picture of Martin Luther King Jr. with a grossly inaccurate mix of brown and black crayon. We'd talk about his dream and how he was killed for his belief in equality. 
We discuss how black children and white children can now go to school together and how people of all colors can ride the same buses and use the same water fountains. <laughs> wow, in retrospect, the narrative in school for a day or two each January was basically, MLK's dream was achieved, black people can vote, racism is over. <laughs> I'm just now beginning to see the link between white privilege and subtle racism. I know racism isn't a new phenomenon, and for those who've been forced to meek out an existence under the oppressive fear of a system that seems specifically designed for some to fail and others to win, I'm sure anger, frustration, and hopelessness are carried throughout life like a backpack of cement. Being born in a two-parent middle-class household, my path was pretty much set from birth. I was to go to college, get a good job, and raise a family before retiring with enough money to live out my years in happiness and peace. There was never a doubt in my mind, because there was never a doubt in my parents' mind. Why would there be? Work hard and be successful. The sky's the limit. The world is your oyster. And all that, right? Yes, for some. Please don't hear what I'm not saying. Being white does not automatically guarantee success. The color of my family's skin certainly did not read the books, do the work, or take the tests for us. We did that through repeated conscious effort and determination. Some of the things the color of my family's skin did allow us to do was concentrate on reading the books, doing the work, and taking the tests without fear that none of it would matter anyway because the job would ultimately go to a white candidate instead. Enter a store without being followed by the suspecting eye of shop owners. Take a walk or a drive without worry of being hassled by police for no reason. Take a cell phone out of our pockets without being shot to death. Speak to seek help from, or ask a question to the police without being suspected or falsely accused of a crime. For example, I've been pulled over countless times, once by a state trooper while actively smoking a joint, and have received nothing but a ticket. One time in college, the police were called because my girlfriend and I were smoking weed in a dorm room. We had just taken ecstasy, I calmly explained to the officer how marijuana is a natural substance, it will be legal someday, and how he probably shouldn't arrest us. He listened and agreed to arrest just me instead of the both of us. I was high during the entire arrest, was making fun of the chief at the station, and had the other officers actually laughing along with me. <laughs> other than the fear of what my parents would say about being arrested, the experience was actually quite enjoyable. Now I can only speculate what would happen to a black person in the same situation described above. I doubt he'd be given the same leeway to speak as boldly and freely as I did that day, however. Not once in my life has it even crossed my mind that a police officer would put his hands on me in anger or violence, or that I would be questioned without cause. There it is. That's the white privilege right there. The fact that not just for a day or a month or a year, but for generations, 
my family has been able to navigate the challenges of what it is to be human on Earth without the suffocating knee of systemic oppression choking the life out of us while onlookers stand by. Slavery's over. What oppression, I've said, in attempts to diminish black pain. But hey, I have black friends, so I can't be racist, right? Everyone has the same opportunities for success. Those people just don't try hard enough, I've reasoned, completely naive to the fact that effort does nothing to combat a legally sanctioned slave trade that is still alive and well. Outdated laws and the American prison industry. The way it stands today, it's nearly impossible for a family of four to survive without having two working adults. Prisons are filled with nonviolent black offenders, many of whom are locked up for marijuana crimes no longer deemed illegal in most states. Prisons are filled with black fathers locked up for lack of child support payment. Prisons are filled with black men and women who turn to crime to support their family or who saw no other option to escape a neighborhood with no opportunity for success. Prisons are filled with black men and women falsely accused and wrongly convicted of crimes they did not commit. Prisons are filled with black men and women who couldn't focus on reading the books, doing the work, and taking the tests because they were a little distracted by generations of losing jobs to whites, being followed by suspicious store clerks, and getting murdered by white law enforcement officers who took an oath to serve and protect them. Prisons are filled with black men and black women leaving behind seas of single black parents or older grandparents to pick up the pieces in hopes their little black children will be able to somehow escape the cycle. Obviously, not all black people in prison are innocent. Obviously, people of all colors can and do commit crimes. Obviously, social hierarchies exist in many different races. But now isn't the fucking time for that white privileged, subtly racist bullshit narrative. It's not subtle, it's overt, and enough is enough. I have black friends, I'm not racist, I proclaim as I participate in good-natured racial humor and stereotypes. I'm not racist, I have black friends, I say as I suspiciously glance over my shoulder at the black man behind me at the ATM. I'm not racist, I have black friends, I exclaim as I intentionally use small words in conversation with a black person because they probably didn't go to college. Although I knew racism existed, I thought it was something other people did, not me. The type of senseless racism that murdered George Floyd, for instance. That was done by a racist. The type of racism I've discovered within me is more subtle. I have black friends after all. For my subtle racism, I apologize. And with my white privilege, I plot, plan, strategize, organize, and mobilize.
What's good, y'all? It's your boy, Brandon, brand new Stevens. You are listening to the Snooze Button Wake Up Variety Show. New episodes every Thursday. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at B-R-A-N-N-U-J-E-R-Z-Y. That's at Brand New Jersey. And check out my Patreon, patreon.com slash B-R-A-N-N-U-J-E-R-Z-Y. Now, I've had a few people reach out and be like, Brandon, thank you. That's exactly how I feel as well. I just couldn't say it that way. Yes. A lot of white people have been like, oh my God, that's exactly how I feel. Thank you. A lot of black people have reached out and been like, finally, someone said something that we all knew anyway. Like, thank you for admitting what all of us have been saying this whole time. We're not crazy. Like, I feel like the white narrative has just been gaslighting the black narrative this whole time. And, and I've had my head in the sand. Uh, I'm, I'm a bit embarrassed, but now that my eyes are open and I'm watching movies like The 13th Amendment, which I recommend on Netflix, uh, I'm disgusted by that footage. It's sickening. It's sickening to see what has happened in this nation right in front of my eyes, right under my nose, while I have just been focused on trying to get likes and trying to get money and fame, and like the priorities that I have adopted for myself while these atrocities have been happening. Some people have reached out to me and said, oh, Brandon, you're not racist. Don't say those things. You're adding to the problem. You're, you're just, now everyone has to say that they're, no, everyone doesn't have to do anything. I am responsible for my own side of the street and my own side of the street only. I don't know what anyone else needs to do, but what I needed to do was take a look inside of myself and, and accept some hard, bitter truths. It's like alcoholism or addiction. What's the first step? The first step is admitting there's a problem. If I'm in complete denial that I am slowly killing myself with my addiction, and I say that there's no problem at all, and I just continue to use and harm my family and harm those around me and harm society, right? What I can say that there's no problem all I want. <laughs> Change and healing isn't going to happen until the first step is to admit, yes, there's something here. And what's the number one thing that keeps people from admitting, yes, there's racism present within me? I would imagine that it's fear. Who wants to stand before the entire black community and say, um, yeah, you're right. You're right. To some degree within me. Brandon Stevens, you are right. Have I ever had my knee on someone's neck until they died? No. Have I stereotyped people and categorized people and had a lot of humor at the expense of stereotypes of certain groups that have caused them a lot of harm over time? Yes. Have I used titles for my work? like one of the episodes of my podcast that are basically clickbait to get people to listen at the expense of black pain? Yes. 
I, I just feel like the black community is just saying, hear us. Just, just see us, hear us. And I am but one man. And I'm here to tell you that I did not have the eyes to see you before. And I did not have the ears to hear you before. I could not see what was right in front of my face. But as I said in my speech, you know, now that I'm aware for my role, I take responsibility and with my privilege, I'm here to serve. following song I'm about to play I do not own the rights to DJ Premier produced it Uh, I'm going to take the commercial out of this episode so there will be no monetary gain from the views of this episode I don't know if that helps copyright laws or not I did in fact use the DJ Premier beat and I recorded a song over it several years ago this song is called none of y'all better in the song it talks about how I am better than other rappers. And a lot of the reasons I discuss in the song for being better than other rappers are, let's see, it's not just rap. I'm better than you at life in general, above and beyond the call of duty, you the minimal. Uh, Truly cynical if I'm being critical. I see a bunch of grown ass men with their umbilicals still attached, trying to pass as grown-ups. You might got a beard, but hold up. You don't take care of your kids and your crib is a trap house. Baby mom's got two jobs and you asked out. Ha, violated probation. Locked up again for child support payments. But hey, at least your kicks are fresh. You stink like cigarettes. You quite the catch. Eighth grade education and half illiterate in your mom's basement. You have to be an idiot thinking you and me in the same class. Never. Word is bond, son. Ain't none of y'all better. Now, as a white man saying lines like those to a predominantly black hip-hop community, that's the white privilege and subtle racism I'm talking about. I'm just now seeing how lines like those could be perceived by a black audience coming from a privileged white person making fun of me because of my education like you don't know a goddamn thing about me and you're gonna say that you're better than me because you haven't been locked up for violating probation like where do i get the fucking nerve to say that stuff it's from my white like i now that i see that i'm mortified yo primo sorry i had to jack your beat dog I ain't make no money off this one, it's just for the streets. Consider this my resume. I had to let them know. It's brand new. Hip-hop is not dead, the streets need a medic. The scene is a mess and I can't forget it. PTSD, and they seem to get it. Every time they try to sleep on a kid, it screams deafening. Then who? Keep guessing. The dude that get a bouncing like best western bed springs. At gargling balls. Just rap like you got marbles all in your jaws. Brand new. Liquor on the curb for the departed. The streets had a buzz, now they fucking retarded. Yeah, yeah. 
Please don't forget it I'm killing the streets Like the heroin epidemic Harrowing tales of woe For those that don't know But try to act like it though I fake it I came in the game Naked and plain Taking aim Making a name Slinging these lanes Straining the main veins Yeah I'm peeing on them Making it rain In fact pouring Taking a brain that God gave And able to absorb shit Rearrange pieces And create more hits Ignore this at your own risk It's not recommended Spoiler alert jerks I'm wrecking the ending Rules can be broken But this one ain't Bending, who's better than brand new? None of y'all fresh me. Ain't none of y'all better. <laughs> What y'all know about putting my work on the block? Ain't none of y'all better. Let you know it's so real. Is it real? Yes, Ain't none of y'all better. <laughs> What y'all know about putting my work on the block? Ain't none of y'all better. Let you know it's so real. Is it real? Yes, Ain't none of y'all better. Beyond incredible, I eat MCs, but y'all looking at them. Rappers, maybe actors more like it. It's painful to watch when they get on the mic. Try to do what I does when I be reciting. Y'all holding the mic too tight. Reading written off of your phone when you spitting. Are you kidding me? That's just rap karaoke. Open mic comedy night, and you a joke to me. Claiming they nicer, but only spit written when you up in a cipher. You lack creativity. In fact, it's a pity these kitties itty bitty, but they act like Biggie. I put them in a place, pull them off of the titty. Sunning these dudes, regardless of age. Ain't none of y'all better when it comes to the stage. Ain't none of y'all better. What y'all know about putting my work on the block? Ain't none of y'all better. Let you know it's so real. Is it real? Ain't none of y'all better. What y'all know about putting my work on the block? It's not just rap, I'm better than you at life in general yep. Above and beyond the call of duty, you the minimal Truly cynical if I'm being critical I see a bunch of grown ass men with they umbilicals Still attached, trying to pass as grown ups You might got a beard, but hold up Wait, you don't take care of your kids and your crib is a trap house? What? Baby mom got two jobs and you asked out? Violated probation, locked up again for child support payments But hey, at least your kicks is fresh You stink like cigarettes, you quite the catch Eighth grade education and half illiterate In mom's basement, you have to be an idiot Thinking you and me in the same class, never Word is bond, son, ain't none of y'all better Why? That's what we need to look at Why are the jails full? Ah. Oh. Because they violate probation. Why do they violate probation? Because they can't stop smoking marijuana. Why can't they stop smoking marijuana? Well, marijuana in a lot of communities is legal as a PTSD aid. Maybe the young man that's been smoking the marijuana while he's on probation saw his older brother get shot to death by a police officer and he has nightmares. Maybe the marijuana helps. Maybe he can't afford a doctor's visit to get a medical marijuana card. Maybe he can't afford the dispensary prices, so he buys weed from his neighbor down the street that he knows is safe and he knows it's quality and he knows he's gonna get what he wants and he's gonna feel better. And then he gets arrested and he pees dirty and he violates and that's his third strike and now he's locked up forever, right? Why is he living in mom's basement? Why? You know? Was the job that he applied for given to a white candidate? Why does he have an eighth grade education? Did he have to sell drugs to support his household because his father got locked up for violating probation and his mom had to work 16 hour days and his little brother needed him to get home to unlock the... 
door so that they could have some cereal together. You know, the subtle racism that I carried with me, I'm just dumbfounded by. I'm dumbfounded by it. And now for the quote of the podcast. Maya Angelou said, do the best you can until you know better. Then when you know better, do better. Well, folks, that's about all the time we have left for this week's episode of the Snooze Button Wake Up Weekly Variety Show. I'm your host, Brandon, brand new Stevens. Please email comments, questions, and transcript requests to snoozebuttonwakeup at gmail.com. Stay woke, y'all. Again, primo, my most sincere apologies. Trying to get an original someday, though, dog. you feel me?